Hello and welcome to The Voice Podcast. My name's Amy and you're about to hear my conversation with Aaron Wright, guitarist for Monasteries. We go into tour life, the life outside rock and roll and what's next for the band. Right, hello there. Welcome to The Voice Podcast. I'm here with... Aaron Wright from Monasteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot myself then for a moment. <laughs> How are you today? How's everything going? Very well, very well. I had my uh, 29th birthday two days ago, so it's my last year of being in my 20s. I've just uh, just finished work, so I'm having kind of a quarter quarter life crisis. So I've opened a beer, and uh, <laughs> I'm here ready for this interview. Very good. Right, that's fab. That sounds like a fun time. Are you still coming down off the hangover, or are we going to be all right? No, I think I've managed to hair of the dog my way through the hangover. I've managed to uh, keep keep a steady level of drunk, maybe about a two out of ten <laughs> ever since. And now we're back at the weekend. So by Monday, my body's probably going to fall apart like a block of Jenga. So <laughs> we'll we'll see. If you if you try and message me in the week, I might not reply because I'll probably be dead. Right. Well, we'll try and get through this <laughs> as best we can. So Perfect. my first question was, how did you all meet? Was it a friend of a friend situation or was it like divine intervention? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a combination of the two. Um, so we were all in bands previously. Um, so I was in a band called Carving a Giant. Uh, our guitarist was in another kind of deathcore band from, uh, from around the area. Uh, our drummer and our old guitarist were in another band and these names of these bands are completely eluding me so it's not very good information but and then uh, our vocalist Josh met us also through the music scene and it's kind of been like Monasteries for the past few years has been going through a lot of lineup changes um, the only original member of the band is Dan our drummer um, I joined doing vocals and then I left and now I'm on guitar and we've kind of all met like slowly but surely throughout the years over the past I think the band's been going about seven years now um but like the lineup that we've got now uh the past like two or three years or so we feel as though like this is the the best and like the true iteration of monasteries that's going to be continuing forward so yeah it's just been to a case of looking at other bands in the music scene and thinking damn I want to steal that guy from that band and then slowly working our way in like a spy stealing them <laughs> so the name monasteries it's an interesting name and um where did that come from um i i hate to admit it but it's a world of warcraft reference <laughs> uh, to the scarlet monasteries now i don't play world of warcraft myself at all but uh dan our drummer once again he's got too much control over this band we need to put a stop to this uh but yeah back in the day um, he used to play a lot of World of Warcraft and he said it was like a, a homage to the Scarlet Monasteries. So that's where that came from. It's nothing too deep or like introspective at all. It's just a case of, yeah, that's cool. We'll steal it. Once again, like the like the m members from the other bands. <laughs> so the new EP Silence has just come out. Yeah. Um, it's fab. I had to listen to it. Really love it. Um, what is that all about? Name Silence. Where did that come from? Well, silence. It was. It's. I, you know what? It, it might be the wrong. I might be the wrong person to ask here. I know that Josh was very. Uh, it started off as a demo name 
which I thought was really, really cool when I sent it along to the boys, like silence in the place that heaven should be found. I thought, damn, that sounds really ominous and like eerie. Uh, and uh, Josh then managed to work his uh, his wizardry of words and turned it into this kind of like deep uh, introspective. Which I keep using this word; it's a very good word. I'm going to steal this for the rest of the day. Um, he kept using like he he turned it into something that meant a lot to himself. And um, I think it's kind of about like not. Oh, well, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. Just kind of living true to yourself, um, but done in a more kind of enigmatic way that makes it relate to silence. He did a real good job of it. As you can tell, I'm just the guitarist. I don't know anything what goes on with words. <laughs> I can barely speak <laughs> half the time. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you uh, just got off your job for the day. What yeah. are all your day jobs? Because I know you're just coming up to a European tour and you're going to have to put all your jobs on holes. Um, but what are your day jobs? What do you do? So I I work in IT, which is like the most boring, mundane thing that you could possibly answer with. Um, Josh works at McDonald's. Um, he gets a, a decent pay and it gives him a lot of like free time and flexibility. Um, ben, he works with, you know what? Every time I ask him, he tells me that he works with like toxic powder. And I don't know what he actually does, but it sounds very dangerous. So I, I, I tend not to ask too many questions. It feels like I'm delving into some like information that I shouldn't be finding out. Um, Sam, our bass player, uh, he has his own business. Um, he's doing merch printing. Um, so he actually prints all of our merch as well. So we get it on there, get it on the cheap, which is great. And it's uh, it's very good quality as well. Um, it's gravity merchandise, I think it's called. Uh, so yeah, he can kind of he can get time off whenever he wants because he's his own boss. And uh, also Dan, our drummer, he uh, he started a business. Unfortunately, it was at the very start of lockdown last year, and it was a tour van hiring business. <laughs> uh, so it couldn't have come at a worse time, but it's picked up again now. And so what he's done is he's got this. Uh, got this van and he's decked it all out inside and it's beautiful there's tvs there's tables there's beds like you can sleep six or seven people in there and uh we drive like we, we've just used it for the uk leg of the tour that we were doing and uh it's absolutely phenomenal we were playing dark souls in the back for about half an hour and then everyone got really angry because we kept dying uh we there's the just just getting drunk and eating food in the back of the van it's one of the best one of the best parts about tour really especially because i don't have to drive as well it's wonderful yeah i was gonna say about the uk leg of the tour what are some stories from that because that must have been amazing seeing all the fans yeah. for the first time after yeah, big growing was, was happening <laughs> it was great i mean i i haven't played a show for like what two years and then the band that were playing before us, Free Howling, they were coming from France uh, and their drummer and bass player weren't able to make it. Uh, so it was just the two guitarists and one of the guitarists' vocals. And they were like, damn, if we can't get someone to like fill in for, for at least bass, there's no point in us really coming over because it'll look quite lame if there's just like two of us on stage. Uh, so like the week before, I, got a, I, I was a little bit drunk. And I saw Josh, our vocalist, put up a post saying Free Howling needs someone to cover bass. So I, in my infinite wisdom, decided, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So I had five days to learn like nine songs. 
And uh, it was just so much fun being able to go from playing no shows to two shows a night for, what was it, like nine days? And it was just, the crowds were incredible. The turnout was absolutely amazing. I think there was one bad show where there wasn't too much of a turnout. But you can't really go on a tour unless you're someone like Slipknot and expect every single show to be like the greatest that you've ever played at. I mean, we did have one of the best things I've ever seen at a show was when we played in Newcastle. And there was some kid, he must have been about eight years old. And he was a proper little metalhead dude, this kid was. And he was in the pit and he was like doing Fortnite dances and flossing. And uh, just before we dropped, I think it was the amygdala chorus. Like you could see him, he wanted to get in the pit. But then as soon as everyone started like hardcore dancing or anything, he'd run off or his parents would grab him. So I said to everyone, I was like, yo, at the start of this next song, I don't want to see anyone moshing just for the very start. Want you all to stand next to this kid and just floss with him. And everyone was just stood at the front of the room. There must have been about 20, 30 people stood at the front of the pit, all flossing. And I thought, damn, this is both incredible and very strange at the same time. But yeah, dude had like the greatest time and then gassed up, played, and everyone was crowd surfing him. And it was just wonderful. It was a real, real wholesome moment. I was crying my eyes out at the back of the room, like holding a beer, holding on to to Guillaume from Freeholding, like, I can't do this, it's too positive. It's <laughs> just crying. It's beautiful. So, apart from absolutely shredding it, what else have you been up to over this pandemic? Has it been a time for self-improvement, or has it all been devoted to figuring the tour out and all that? No, no so, personally, for me, it was just a lot of drinking. <laughs> I was furloughed for a long time. And uh, with everything else closed, there was nothing really to do other than write some music, uh, play some video games, and drink a lot of alcohol. But as soon as we've got back uh, and like the possibilities were there, I mean, right at the start of lockdown, we got signed to uh, Seek and Strike, uh, our record label. Um, so it was very much a case of realizing like, yeah, we've got this massive opportunity waiting for us like on the other side of the pandemic. Um, and Seek and Strike have been invaluable to to helping us get to like bigger and better places. Like the name recognition for us alone is amazing. And having other bands on the roster, like Upon a Burning Body, it really helps us. Uh, it helps to push the image of the band from one that's kind of like a local band in the UK that's doing quite well uh, to one that's actually getting some kind of recognition, like globally, internationally. I don't I don't want to say globally. That makes it sound too big but internationally is like the same word so but yeah it's been it's been great and like seeing the numbers that we've been getting back i mean like we're almost at a million total plays on spotify um i mean seeing amygdala chorus go over like a quarter of a million plays and digital suicide going over a hundred thousand plays like just a few weeks after the ep was released it's been it's been great and it has just been a case of as soon as lockdown was over and coronavirus restrictions were released, it was all systems go. But like waiting for that through lockdown was just very tedious and led to a lot of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so on tour, um, I imagine you do miss home, but what is it like? Is it like uh, having all your friends around you and it's one big party or is it a little bit more serious than that? Or <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's, it very much is a combination of the two. Like you do have to remember that you're there 
kind of on business, but the business isn't like going and, you know, talking about spreadsheets or like accounts or something. You get to go meet like like-minded people who are there for the same reason, who like the same music as you. You've got to like the most serious part really is just making sure that everyone does their part loading in uh, and loading out. So everyone gets all the gear in, you're there on time, you're ready to sound check. And to be honest, once you've sound checked and you know what time you're going on stage, as long as you're not blackout drunk and you can't make it onto the stage, it very do, it, it does very much feel like a party vibe. And I mean, I'm one of these people that like, I love meeting new people and like finding all the crazy characters that we have like all over the country. And so even like the serious sides of it, the loading in and the out and getting up on time and making sure that like merch is looked after and equipment's looked after, it very much seems like it, it almost it feel, it still feels like fun while you're doing it. I mean, uh, getting drunk and loading the van in just feels like a giant game of Tetris. And you're also like expending all the calories that you've put on eating all like the packets of crisps off the rider. So it's great. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned doing some writing over lockdown. And I wanted to ask who is the writer for Monasteries? Is it like a group effort or is it? one person that comes up with the ideas so it's it once again it's a combination of all of them i mean we've got songs uh like amygdala chorus was written pretty much by our other guitarist ben uh and i just helped with the drums and then dan refined them uh allowing your traitors to die off this e off the silence ep was written by me and then all the lads like helped refine it uh we've got songs like uh, Jorogumo Yukai, which was written by kind of all of us, and then off pulmonary failure, you've got uh, oh, what's it called? Larson Trap, where Dan will write all the drums, and then we'll sit and we'll like write guitar to those drum tracks, and we'll figure out what goes best. So the uh, the writing is we just try and utilize all our strengths. I mean, I love writing music on my own because. I feel as though when I'm writing a song, I know what's supposed to come next. But then when I'm writing with the other guys, they can challenge that. And we tend to come up with stuff that's even better. So uh, Josh, lyric-wise, Josh is very much... When he first joined, uh, it was him and Dan that would work together. And uh, I would help a little bit as well. Uh, like I, I, I do have an English degree, but since, since university, I have no idea what I'm doing with words. And uh, Dan and Josh were very much, it was kind of like a 50-50 split. And then moving into the silent EP, Josh kind of came into his own, really found like uh, a lyrical style that suited him a lot. And uh, it was just a case of maybe there was a word here or there that we didn't think was like the greatest or that we thought maybe didn't fit. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's the brainchild of all of us and also individually at some times as well. Which doesn't really answer the question at all, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> so, going on European tour it has been postponed because of coronavirus. Um, yeah. Are you going to be kind of using that time to make it bigger and better, or is it just waiting now until yeah. you can go? So, I think to be honest. The way that it was going to be, it was going to be big and it was going to be great anyway. Like the, the venues that we've got lined up and the cities that we're going to be playing in and the dates and 
the lineup, like gassed up us and free hailing is like a great package of like bands that are all kind of uh we we still follow like the same heavy path with like we got breakdowns and two steps but all very like distinguishable and with their distinct unique sounds um it was just a case of the fact that in mainland europe i think that like the the lockdown restrictions are still quite heavy um and i know some of my girlfriends from germany and uh she's saying that there's like quite a lot of uh, there's there's a large chance that they might go back into lockdowns, and so I think the the tour is but it's just been postponed because people are a little bit scared of buying tickets. Um, what we're going to do in the meantime is I think we might be trying to get some shows down, uh, but we've got a lot of writing that we want to do as well. Um, we have a weekender um, that's happening today. Um, I can't make this weekender so. Uh, there's a bit of cover for me just in case there's a bit of confusion there um, but yeah I think that once this weekend is over we're going to really start talking about what's going to be happening like what should we use this time to do um, and I know our vocalist is putting on a big hometown show in Christmas or I think he's putting on a big hometown show at Christmas and we're going to get a load of really cool bands on so we're going to be putting our own show on as well just to fill the gap and uh keep ourselves uh, stage ready uh, that sounds amazing um so after the tour what do you, we reckon is the next big step for monasteries where are we going hmm now i want it to be the album i think i want it to be the album whether i'm even allowed to say that or not i'm not sure but i know that our fans are really clamoring for an album uh if we put out any more singles or any more EPs, I think we might actually have them at our door with like pitchforks and torches. Uh, so I think what we do want to do is focus on the album. But of course, there can be no promises. We never know what might happen in between now and then that might uh, might change the priorities. But yeah, very much so. That that's what I want at least. And we'll have to put it to the uh, to the old band democracy. We'll have to have a vote. See what happens. Or the record label might just spank our bottoms and say, come on, hurry up, it's album time now. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, if people can make it to the tour and they want to get tickets, where would they find those? Um, I know that on our Facebook page, if you uh, type in, I think it's Monasteries Official, um, you'll find our band page and we've got a link on there that has a ton of uh, like the actual Facebook links for the Facebook events. Um, we've also got the uh, the ticket links on those events, so it's uh, it is a little bit of clicking. Uh, but also, what you can do is you can have a look on uh, on our Facebook page and on our Instagram. You can find out what venues we're playing, and you can just turn up at the door because that's what I do. I'm too lazy to buy tickets <laughs> online. I just turn up at the door and hope for the best. And if it's sold out, then it's good for me. I suppose it'd be terrible for you guys, but at least I'll be playing a cool show. <laughs> And merch, just to reiterate, if they wanted to grab a bit of your merch, where would they find that? Um, if you type in uh, either Monasteries Merch or Monasteries Big Cartel into Google, uh, you'll find all of our stuff on there. Uh, stock is running quite low, which once again is very good for me because it means I might actually be getting some money. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can we can go on there. We've got some cool new designs coming out very soon. And we've got some stuff left over from the tour. 
I'm hoping that maybe I can get my hands on some of this stuff myself, because uh, uh, the guy that designs our merch, Dan Owing, he, uh, he's just maybe one of the best designers I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, he, does, uh, he does the design work for Sleep Token as well. So not only do I get really cool design merch, but I get to fanboy over him because he works with Sleep Token and they're like one of my favorite bands. And they've just released an album today. So if anyone's listening to this and you haven't heard it, go and listen to that. <laughs> Amazing. And if they want to listen to Silence, obviously on Spotify. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Give that a listen. It's fantastic. So yeah. it's been amazing talking to you and learning a bit more about monasteries. Um, I wish you the best with the tour. I hope it's an amazing turnout. I'm sure it will be. And um, I can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you very much. I'll make sure to, to keep you updated. And if you ever want to get me back, let me know. And we can, uh, we can have another rundown in the future. I'll definitely have you back. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Today's episode was made possible by Voice Magazine, an online platform for young people interested in art and culture. You can read Voice over at voicemag.uk and find it on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as voicemag.uk. The Voice contributors are also on Instagram over at voice.extra. If you are looking for another podcast to listen to, the contributors release the Voice Extra podcast every Saturday, where they talk about the pieces they've produced and the culture they've been enjoying. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us to make more with a donation of any amount at voicemag.uk forward slash donate. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of the track Thief in the Night. You can find more of his work in the Computech.com. Tom Innes was the executive producer.